I'm Magaglia. I'm Mindong. 160 days until the 2020 season begins. Yeah, I mean, we just got some news that the NBA is going to start back very soon. And hopefully a lot of these other sports can start back very soon. And this is just very good news. And I think college basketball should be uh, straight and going and no delays any, any further. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been waiting for sports for I don't even know how long. It's exciting that sports look like they're going to come back and the NBA coming back in July. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, and um, before we kick things off, I mean, it's no surprise that all this stuff going on right now in the world is very traumatizing and very painful for a lot of people. And um, we just want to say that we support everything that's going on. And basketball is definitely a way to bring a lot of people together. And we hope that you guys watching are staying safe. And we support any any decisions that have been made. And we hope that everything uh, turns out very fine because there's been a lot of violence and hatred going on in this world right now. And that's definitely not what we want to see right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's kick things off with some uh, breaking news. Uh, assistant coach Mike Miller has recently stepped down at Memphis as the assistant coach. Uh, Miller was a great addition to the Memphis team uh, two seasons ago. He was definitely a big impact in bringing in a very, a very good recruiting class this past season uh, with James Wise being the most notable one, even though he only played for half a season. Um, this is a very big loss for Memphis. And what do you think this means for them going forward? Yeah, um, this definitely does not help them at all in the recruiting aspect of things. Like, he recruited Preston Achua, Lester Quinones, and Boogie Ellis to Memphis. And um, I don't think that recruiting will be as good as when Miller was there. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I think I think probably Landers Nolly was also – a person that they could have got because of Miller. I mean, sure, he was a transfer, but still, I think Miller definitely had an impact with that. And um, this is very sad. I mean, he said he had to step down because of family reasons. So it makes sense because Miller was in the NBA for 15 plus seasons and family's definitely a big priority after, after you retire as an NBA player. And um, I mean, this is the right decision for him probably, but um, who knows, maybe he makes a return to college basketball in a couple of years or so because he's, still relatively young and he can definitely be a very good coach if he wants to come back. Yeah, um, I could see him actually in a head coaching role um, sooner or later if he does come back. He's definitely capable of leading a college program. Yeah, I mean, we see we see a lot of these NBA guys going into assistant coaches and I think they probably will make the jump eventually because they're all still pretty young and they have a ton of potential and they have a ton of experience. So I could definitely see that in the near future. All right, um, next piece of breaking news is also retiring news. Um, South Carolina assistant coach Perry Clark has recently retired as the assistant coach. Uh, Clark was the former head coach at Tulane, uh, Miami, and Texas A&M. Uh, he was a very good coach at Tulane. He brought notably the most talent and most success at Tulane. Uh, the most notable recruit he got in was Brent uh, Just uh, from Tulane. And uh, what are your thoughts on this news, and what do you think South Carolina is going to do? Yeah, um, he was a very good coach at Tulane. He was he was also one of the main recruiters at South Carolina. Um, unfortunately, after Tulane, um, head coach at Miami and Texas A&M Corpus Christi, um, things didn't really work out. Um, but assistant coach at South Carolina, he, he was a pretty good recruiter, and just just a terrific coaching career. On and congrats to him. Yeah, I mean. This is, this is pretty good news. I mean, he, he had a very good career, so he has nothing to be ashamed of. And I just he just thought it was the right time to retire. And um, South Carolina head coach, uh, 
he recently just got tested for COVID. He got tested positive, but um, I believe that he is cured now. Um, so hopefully that he can find someone uh, new relatively soon because he just recently recovered. So, um, yeah, I, I think he, should, he can definitely find someone that can fill in the job. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is just good news and very sad news because uh, Perry Clark was a very good coach. All right, uh, next piece. Uh, former lacrosse star Michael O'Connell has committed to Stanford. Now, this, this is a very interesting story. Uh, O'Connell was in the class of 2020. He originally signed his letter of intent to play at Maryland for lacrosse. But recently, he was released from his letter of intent. And since he, he was also a basketball player, so he decided that basketball is going to be more important. And he recently picked up an offer from Stanford, and he took that. Um, he played for Blair Academy this past season, who was, which was a very good basketball program past season. They won 20-plus games, and they were a very good team. Um, his brother, Thomas O'Connell, he was actually a cross player at Maryland as well, and he won a state championship with them. But he transferred to St. John's, and he was – he decided he was going to quit, quit lacrosse, and then he became a walk-on at St. John's for basketball, and he also got a scholarship there as well. Um, this is very cool news, and I think this is a very cool pickup for Stanford. And uh, with that being said, do you think O'Connell will see some playing time for Stanford? Uh, unfortunately not. Um, Stanford has everyone of importance coming back into their rotation, along with Zaire Williams. They're going to be a very deep team in the Pac-12, and unfortunately I don't think O'Connell will get playing time. Probably the best thing for him is to redshirt this year and see what what goes on the following year after that. Yes, I definitely agree. Um, I think O'Connell's a very good player. I mean, he chose Stanford. I, I think if he chose a different school, he probably could have got some playing time. But um, like you said, Stanford's pretty much bringing everyone back. I mean, they're still waiting on Tyrell Tyree, but I'm pretty certain that he's probably going to come back. But um, if he, wait, if he waits a couple of years, then I think he'll definitely get his chance to actually play. But um, as of this year, I don't think he will. But I think he's a very good uh, floor general guard. And I think he's a very good player and he's very athletic. And uh, I think he'll definitely see some playing time in the near future. All right. Uh, next piece. Uh, the Big 12 has announced their voluntary workouts to begin on July 6th. And this it appears that more and more conferences have are going to be resuming their voluntary workouts. And like I said earlier, this probably means that the season will have no delays and everything will run pretty much smoothly. Um, this date is a little later than a lot of other conferences, however, which is pretty interesting because it's, it's almost a whole month after the SEC is allowing the – I mean, not the SEC, the um, NCAA is allowing the voluntary workouts to, to actually begin. Um, the Big 12 is going to be a very competitive conference next year. A ton of teams going to be competing for tournament appearances, and even for the Big 12 title as well. Um, what are your thoughts on this news? Yeah, um, this is just more progress in the college basketball world, and um, it looks like it's going to start on track. Hopefully, the California State schools figure it out, but it, for now, it, it looks pretty good to start on track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I mean, um. I mean, starting on July 6th is pretty late because a lot of these schools are starting in June and mid-June. So, um, obviously, they're a little bit behind when it comes to actual off-season workouts and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they should be fine. I mean, the Big 12 is going to be a very good conference, like I said. And they got a ton of teams trying to compete for tournament appearances. And, yeah, I mean, I think they'll should, they should be fine when everything's said and done. And I expect to see at least three or four teams, maybe even five, uh, make that tournament when – a year from now. Yeah, um, 
Last piece of breaking news, 2020 prospect Frank Asselum is set to make his decision later today. Asselum is a four-star center who, who recently cut his list through Georgia, New Mexico, San Diego State, and Syracuse. The crystal ball shows that Syracuse is the favorite to land him. Um, Bottom, where do you think he will land? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think Syracuse is probably going to be the top option for him there. Um, I could see him going to New Mexico as well, but I think I think he's a very good player, and I think Syracuse definitely stands out. Um, Syracuse is definitely the best um, the best team there when it, when you talk about competition and you talk about talent wise. And you got Jim Beheim as a coach, and I'd definitely not pass up on that opportunity and go to Syracuse. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, just the stuff at Syracuse there, the like not not no offense to other programs, but Syracuse is kind of ahead of the other programs. They got a world class coach, world class everything for basketball, and I think he should take advantage of that. Yeah, and I mean Syracuse has the history behind them. I mean they've won they've won national championships before. They have one of the best coaches in college basketball history. And yeah, I mean, no, no disrespect for all of them, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't pass up on that opportunity, like you said, because they're just a very good program and they got a very good coach and that's all they pretty much need. Yeah. Um, next subject, um, we have some notable returners to school. A lot of guys have returned to school not many people deciding to remain in the draft as of today. Uh, first, Hassan French of St. Louis, he'll be returning for a senior season. Average 12 and a half points, 10 and a half rebounds, two and a half blocks this past season. Um, St. Louis looks to be a very good team next year with his return to school. Well, how do you think they are the new favorites? This is this is a very tough decision to see if they're the favorites or not because I saw French is going to be a very vital piece to this team coming into next year. But um, I I don't know. I think it's going to be right now. I don't. I can't decide between them and Richmond. I think. I think right now it's 50-50 because both of these teams are returning pretty much everybody. And although St. Louis is probably the more talented team, I just think Richmond's a very, very good team. And I think that I, I might lean towards St. Louis now a little bit more now that Hassan French is officially coming back. But I, I, I think it's still a pretty close race. Mm, um, for me, uh, I had I had St. Louis in my top 25 last episode and episode before that for a top 25 so I'm pretty high on them and not many people have St. Louis in their top 25 so if I put St. Louis in my top 25 that that probably means they're going to be my favorites and like I've been saying I think they are my favorites yeah I mean I put Richmond pretty high I think I put them I think I put them like 14th maybe but I don't know but that might be a little stretch but I'm pretty high on Richmond but with St. Louis getting all these guys back, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to put them in my top twenty-five because I think I think they probably are gonna be better at the end of the day. Not to mention they beat Richmond by sixteen in their their one um face off last last season. So fair. But Richmond Richmond probably was gonna make the tournament or they were they were, had the better like uh resume to make the tournament. Yeah, totally. So, I, I yeah. totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, but still, it's it's going to be a very close race. But, I mean, we're going to have to wait till season starts to actually see this matchup in action. So, I'm pretty excited about that. All right. Uh, next in the little returner we have is uh, Jordan Goodwin out of St. Louis as well. Um, he will be returning for his senior season. Uh, he averaged 15.5 points a game, 10.5 rebounds, two steals per game this past season. Um, he's probably going to be the top scoring option when it comes to St. Louis coming into next year. And uh, do you think it's a good return? 
Yeah, this is a great return. He was definitely their first option. And keep, let's keep going with St. Louis. They're returning um, eight of the top nine guys back, including these two guys we just said and their sixth man of the year. So they look to have a very good season. Oh, yeah. I Like, yeah. I mean, returning both of these guys is huge uh, as it is. And then they got everyone else back as well. And these two were probably the two question marks on if they're going to if they're going to come back or not. If they didn't come back, I don't think they'd be in the position that they are right now. But they're both coming back, so they got a ton of potential and a ton of experience behind them. And yeah, I mean, it's guys limit for this team. I think they can go very far. Next, Amir Sims of Clemson. He'll be returning for senior season. Thirteen point seven rebounds this past season. Clemson has obviously had some struggles last season. ACC. Um, do, do you see them having some progress with the return of Sims? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a very good uh, return for Sims. I mean, Clemson obviously had some struggles, like you said. They finished about they finished in the middle of the pack of the ACC, which is it's it's not that it's not terrible, but like that's not like what you want to finish at. You don't want to be a middle of the pack team in a very good conference. I mean, that they didn't have the best um, record when it comes to records, and I think with Sims' return, I think they can be a much uh, more better and well-rounded team. Um, I don't think they lose that many other people, but um, the ACC does get a lot better. Well, some teams get a lot better, but some teams do get uh, worse. So I think they'll probably stay around the same place, but they could move up a couple spots when it comes to ACC standings. Yeah, I agree with you here. Um, Clemson, they they weren't in the bubble, and then they beat Duke, and all of a sudden everyone put them as a bubble team. And so I can see them being another bubble team in this ACC next year. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I, I completely forgot they beat Duke. I remember that game exactly. And, um, yeah, and like you said, they just they just got randomly put in the bubble. I mean, they're still a middle-of-the-pack team in the ACC, but, I mean, they beat Duke, so why not put them there? But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, they'll probably still be a bubble team as well coming in next year. But um, I think a lot of teams move up, like I said. So this, this bubble's – I think this bubble's going to be just as large as it was this past season, if not larger. And that's just going to be crazy. All right. Uh, next up, we have C.J. Walker out of Ohio State. Um, not the C.J. Walker from Oregon, who I talked about last episode. This is a different C.J. Walker. Um, he will be returning for his senior season. Uh, he averaged nine points a game, three and a half assists per game, one and a half steals per game this past season. Um, he will definitely help out uh, the new and improved, not improved, new Ohio State team uh, next year with a ton of different grad chances and a ton of different paces in that program next year. Um, do you think this is a good decision? And how good do you think Ohio State's going to be? Yeah, first of all, I think this is a good decision. He would definitely have a bigger role than last year. And uh, Ohio State, they lose – They, um, like you said, they're going to be a completely new team. They bring in Seth Towns, um, Abdel Porter of Utah State as well. Um, they also lose the Wesson brothers. And Ohio State, they look like an all-right team next year. Um, I think they definitely make the tournament, but I don't think they'll be in the top five of the Big Ten, of a loaded Big Ten. But they're still going to be over 500 team in conference play, definitely. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, I don't think they'll be a top five team in the Big Ten either. Um, I think they'll be six. I think they'll be six. I don't think they'll be top five, but who knows? Maybe they sneak in based on whatever happens there, but um yeah, I mean, they're definitely a tournament team still. I mean, Ohio State's a very good program, and they got a ton of guys coming back. And bringing in Seth Towns, who's probably a top-five grad transfer, is very huge for them. I think he'll make an impact right away for that team. And um, 
sure, they do lose the Wesson brothers, like you said. They lose Luther Muhammad. They lose a they lose out on DJ Carden. They lose out on a ton of guys. But um, I think they should be okay when it comes to actually making the tournament. And I don't think they have as much experience, but I don't think it's going to matter because I think there's, they're going to have enough chemistry um, to overcome these challenges. And I think they will be um, in the tournament next year. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Steph Smith of Vermont. He'll be returning for a senior season. 14 points, three rebounds, three assists this past season. Um, number, he was the number two option behind Anthony Lamb, but with Anthony Lamb gone, he's definitely going to be the number one option for Vermont next season. Is Vermont going back to the tournament again? Um, yeah, I mean, I think they definitely are. I don't see that many teams actually competing with Vermont, um, especially with Stony Brook pretty much being dismantled. Um, because they lose out in their top three options pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, Steph Smith, a very good player. He, he was definitely the second option for that Vermont team, like you said. And um, I think that he's definitely going to fill in the top uh, option nicely at Vermont next year. And Vermont doesn't really lose. I'm sure they do lose Anthony Lamb. But other than that, they don't really lose that many guys. And Vermont just brings in so much talent um, that they are definitely the frontrunners of the American East. And I think they should make the tournament again with these. Yeah, um, I totally agree with you here. Um, Vermont, even if they lose Anthony Nim, I think they're just such a good program and they're a proven program that they're always going to be the front runner for America East. Yeah, I mean, until someone proves otherwise, then um, I don't see them losing again. I mean, we do see a couple teams here and there take take a season from them. You look at UMBC and then you look even almost at Stony Brook this past season. I mean, they almost did it, but they just fell a little bit short. So um, every here and there, you might see a couple teams dethrone Vermont. But when it comes to a span of 10 years, Vermont's winning probably eight out of those 10 years. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next returner we have is Andre Jones out of Nichols. Uh, he will be returning for his senior season. Uh, Average 12 points a game, uh, three assists per game, one and a half steals per game this past season. Uh, he's definitely going to be Nichols' top option again. And, um, well, somehow Nichols actually dethroned Stephen F. Austin. Or do you yeah. think this is possible? Um, Nichols actually came second in the South End behind Stephen F. Austin. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Um, so, but, like, I think Stephen F. Austin is still clearly the front runner. But I wouldn't be surprised if Nichols somehow does dethrone them. Yeah, I mean, you look, you look at Nichols and – you look what just happened to Stephen F. Austin when it comes to the postseason bans and stuff like that, and that's definitely an opportunity that they can they can take upon. And although they probably will, they definitely are going to lose Jones in two seasons from now, I think I think they have enough t- uh, firepower and talent to actually make the tournament based on circumstances that happened with Stephen F. Austin. But you do see Albin Albine Christian there as well. They finished tied with Nichols, I believe, and second place at 15 and five uh, conference record. So um, you could see a little bit of competition there, but I think that eventually they probably will outbeat Albion Christian for that top seed and that tournament berth. Yeah. Next, um, Jamaro Brown of Eastern Kentucky. He'll be returning for his junior season, averaged 18 and a half points, four rebounds, two steals. He's a very explosive player. He's um, a, he's a possibility to win preseason player of the year for the Ohio Valley. Where do you think Eastern Kentucky will land in the Ohio Valley? Yeah, I mean, this is a very tough, this is a very tough estimate to make right now. I, I think they'll move up one and I think they'll be a top three team. Um, this past season, they were, uh, they're fourth 
in the Ohio Valley Conference, but um, I think that they can definitely be a top three team. I don't really see them. Um, I don't really see them dethroning Belmont as of right now. But if you give them, if you give them a couple of years, I I think they might be able to. I mean, and two years from now, they're not. The Ohio Valley Conference is not going to be as powerful and talented as it is. But um, and I think Jamar Brown will take advantage of that. And I think in two years from now, he'll definitely be the player of the year in the Ohio Valley Conference, and maybe even this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, four, the first four teams of the Ohio Valley really separated themselves from the other teams. Um, all of them have double-digit wins and conference wins, and the rest don't. And so um, I think Eastern Kentucky will still be the fourth team. I don't think Belmont will be number one. I think Austin Pay is actually the front runner for the Ohio Valley as of right now. But those four teams definitely each have a shot of winning. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think I think Austin Pay and Belmont are definitely the two um, top teams in the Ohio Valley Conference, and I think I think next year is going to be Austin Pay's year as well. Um, some people have them in the top thirty of their preseason top thirty. I mean, we only do top twenty-five, but um, I think if you prob if we did top thirty, you probably have them in there as a bottom five team based on your mid-major love. But uh, this team's going to be very good and talented, and I think they're probably going to be the front runners coming into next year. All right, and the uh, final uh, notable return we have coming back is uh, Herb Jones out of Alabama. Uh, he will be returning for his senior season. Uh, he averaged eight points a game, six and a half rebounds a game this past season. Uh, he's probably going to be in the starting backcourt alongside eligible transfer Javon Quinerly uh, out of Villanova uh, for next season. Um, do you think Alabama is a top three SEC team based on what has just happened with them? Uh, no, that's kind of a stretch. I think they are indeed a tournament team, but – Definitely not a top three team. I don't. I don't know if they're a top five team either. I don't know. I. I they're definitely not a top three team, but I think they might be a borderline top five team. I mean, based on what just happened with Florida, I mean, they're definitely gonna move down. And you still got Kentucky. You still got Auburn. You still got Ole Miss, and you still got a couple other teams in there. But um, I think Alabama is probably a top five team. I mean, that might be a stretch, like I said, but I think I think some teams might uh, crumble and fall apart, but um, I don't know. I think they're either five or six when it comes to SEC rankings. But, uh, yeah, the SEC is going to be very talented regardless, but uh, who knows? I mean, maybe they move up and maybe they just fall apart. Mm-hmm. The, the SEC is really hard to project after Tennessee and Kentucky, I would say, after, after those two teams. Um, it's really actually pretty wide open. Yeah, I mean, you got a ton of guys in there. I mean, you even got Arkansas, I forgot about. And I even forgot about Tennessee when I was talking about it. And uh, that just shows how how good and how explosive the SEC is going to be next year. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Oh, you got yeah. it. Um, last and final subject, um, transfers. Of, we, we have a pretty um, dry list of transfers. There's only five of them here. First off, we have both Gash. Um, yeah, the return. How many times do you think we've mentioned him? Third or fourth time? I think, I think this is the fourth time. Yeah, fourth time. Um, we love you both if you're watching this. <laughs> Recently cut his list to Maryland, Creighton, Iowa State, Auburn, and Minnesota. Average 11 points, three and a half rebounds, three assists this past season. We'll probably sit one with two years left. Where do you think the best fit is to go and why? Um... Looking at this list, I think Maryland or Creighton are probably the top two options. Um, 
Creighton, I, I probably put Creighton above Maryland just because he can team up with Alex O'Connell coming in uh, two seasons from now. I don't – it's pretty unlikely that O'Connell is going to get a waiver as of right now. But um, if he somehow does, then I think he probably will go to Maryland. But right now I have Creighton as its front runner. I think I think he'd be one of the top um, guys in the Big East in two seasons from now. And I just think he's a very good player. And Creighton, they got a couple guys. And I think that's probably the best option for him. Yeah, I think he's going back to his home state of Minnesota. Um, just go back home. And Minnesota, if they do get him two years from now, they look to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they got Liam Robbins coming in. and They almost had Peterson, but uh, that just didn't work out. So, uh, yeah, I could definitely see Minnesota as well. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he's going to do because he can he can definitely help out all five of these teams, depending on where he goes. All right, uh, next transfer we have is Shaquan Hemphill out of Green Bay. Uh, he is committed to Drake. Uh, he only played one game this past season. Uh, he was sidelined due to an injury, so he will be a redshirt senior uh, coming into next season. Um, the transfer is probably an effect of Green Bay coach Lick Darner being fired uh, basically out of nowhere. So I think that's the only exp- explanation on why he probably transferred because uh, I don't really have another one. And um, what are your thoughts on this decision? Um, yeah, um, definitely because of Darner gone. Um, there's actually multiple guys from Green Bay that have transferred that we just haven't covered. But him in particular, he's, he's a pretty good player. Drake is a solid mid-major program, but I just think they don't have the firepower to compete with Northern Iowa or even Bradley. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with this, um, especially losing um, Liam Robbins, um, to, uh, who played for Drake this past season. That's definitely going to hurt them a lot because he was definitely – one of their best players, and I just don't think Drake's going to be as good as they have been in the past. And like you said, I just don't think they have enough firepower. Although this is a good get for them with Hemphill, I just, like you said, I just don't think they can compete with Northern Iowa and Bradley and even a couple other teams up there. Mm -hmm. Next is Davian Williamson of East Tennessee State. He's committed to Wake Forest, 10.5 points, two rebounds, two and a half um, assists this past season. We'll sit one with two years left. Um, clearly, this is an obvious one. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is a pretty obvious decision. I mean, going back to play with his coach is definitely definitely no question there. I mean, he could have probably waited for Bo Hodges, but um, he decided not to. Uh, I mean, no, he didn't decide not to. Bo Hodges left. He went to Butler. So this was probably his uh, call to leave East Tennessee State and go team up with his former head coach. So, um, yeah, I didn't really see this one being – uh, too much of a surprise. I thought this is probably the right decision for him. Yeah. Um, like you said, just follow your coach, play in the same system, and thrive. Yeah. I mean, what what can go wrong with that? I mean, that's obviously the best thing to do. All right. Uh, next up, we have Andrew Nemhard out of Florida. Uh, we talked about him last episode in our breaking news, but uh, he's withdrawing from the draft and transferring. Uh, he averaged 11 points a game, five and a half assists per game this past season. Um, he's already received a ton of interest from high uh, majors. There's just too many to, like, say because there's just so many. Um, he'll probably have to set one, but he does have two years left of eligibility. Uh, where do you think he's going to go? Um, right now, Duke and Gonzaga look like the front runners. So I'm just going to say I think he's going to go to a, a blue blood program. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think he's too good of a player not to go to a blue blood uh, team. 
because he, he had a very good career at Florida. He, he, he did a lot of good things there, and especially his freshman season. Uh, he, had that, he had that magnificent uh, game in the March Madness tournament against Wisconsin. And, uh, yeah, I think he's too good to be passed up on some high majors. And uh, hopefully he hopefully doesn't go to Gonzaga because, well, you, know, you know us, we don't really like Gonzaga. But uh, hopefully he goes somewhere else, then he can fit in definitely there. And yeah. In fact. Um, last transfer on this list, Justin Mutz of Delaware. He has received heavy interest from Virginia Tech, Arkansas, Wake Forest, BC, Maryland, and many more. Um, he averaged 12 points, eight and a half rebounds this past season. Will most likely sit one and play two. Um, what do you think the best fit for him is? I mean, I might be biased, but uh, obviously I want him to go to BC. I mean, they haven't officially give, gave him an offer yet, but I definitely expect them to give an offer for Mutz because he's, he's just a very good explosive forward. And BC definitely needs that coming into the near future. I mean, we will have to sit one, but um, I think BC's core is going to be uh, intact for a couple of years now. Um, so I think BC, it's biased, but I, I want him to go to BC. But there's definitely a lot of other good schools that he could go to. Yeah, Mutz, he definitely played, he plays more of a, a, a undersized big than a wing. And um, I think Maryland needs that kind of, toughness and person that Mutz is giving and um because Maryland is kind of lacking in the backcourt so <laughs> I think I just think Maryland's a great fit yeah uh Maryland definitely needs that and that definitely makes a ton of sense but uh I mean no one no one's really given him an offer yet they just they, they, it's just been heavily interest schools right now I mean sure a couple a couple of mid-majors probably have given him offers but um I think he's too good to um, I think he's good enough to actually move up and go to a high major school. And, I mean, the ton of teams are already reaching out, and I think they'll definitely make offers for him. As for Delaware, um, they look to be the favorite. Um, do you think they are the favorite for their conference now? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a tough loss, losing Mutz, but um, they've pretty much returned everyone else, so I think they should be okay. Um, Hofstra and Mary is probably the second team that they might have to watch out for, but um, I think they should be okay when it comes to actually winning their conference. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Hofstra, and like you said, they're pretty, they're pretty much the only dangerous team other than Delaware. Yeah, I mean, this definitely hurts them a lot, but um, I think they should be fine. They got everyone coming back, and mm -hmm. they, finished, they finished second, I believe. Is that correct, last I year? I believe so. Yeah, so. Yeah, Hofstra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think they should definitely be fine. And, Hofstra, they lose out in a couple guys. So, um, yeah, I think this is probably Del Delaware's year to win next season. Mm -hmm. um, that is all, guys. Um, pretty short episode today. Like we said, we're approaching the dry spell of things. So, if you guys have any suggestions on what we can do, um, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at the RTM underscore podcast. Yeah, I mean, we're – We've been trying really hard to try and get someone to come in as a special guest. Um, we're still working pretty hard. Um, chances are um, they, they don't really see it because so many people are trying to reach out to them uh, for a lot of things, just to say, like, hello and stuff like that. So um, we're going to try our best to try and get someone in. But, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, like you said, dry season is almost it's, – it's pretty – it's getting a lot closer than it has been. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely ways to get around it. But uh, – we hope you guys have a good one, and I hope you guys are staying safe as always. And uh, Thank you guys for watching. Yeah, it's always March. It's always March, baby. Yes, please stay safe out there, people.